0: You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Hello, this is Angie, and I'm your host for today. In the studio with me, Mr. Mark Bird. Hello. Hey, Angie. Today, we are going to be talking about unity. I think that probably this is the one thing in this day and age, that we need to hear more than anything else. So let's talk
1: unity. Yeah, let's start today, Angie, by looking at unity and how Jesus approached it. We've talked so many times that we've been together like, okay, so how about the example? You know, his example is Jesus, and how did Jesus practice unity, or how did he approach it? That's what we want to look at today. And really, I think, did Jesus practice unity? He did. That's the rhetorical piece of the question. Here's the other piece. So how did he approach it? How did he approach unity? Okay. Okay. So obviously he had to experience the opposite of it. To be able to approach it. Right. So the opposite of unity is disunity. So Jesus realized that he approached it with prayer. Mm. And so interestingly enough in John 17... And he starts off, this is interesting, because basically the whole entire chapter of John 17, and for time's sake, we're not going to read every verse today, but we are going to just highlight this before we get going on this. But in the very beginning of it, John 17, one through five, Jesus actually prays for himself. Okay. Does anybody realize that? Jesus prayed
0: for himself. I guess I haven't realized it, but... Okay, yeah, he I started off.
1: He started off in this chapter about unity, right? And then he gets to the point where he prays for his disciples. Yep, okay. Yep. Uh, starting in verse six, and then when we get down to verse twenty, which is where we are actually going to read, he starts praying for all believers, and so no matter, regardless of. What brand you are, what brand of a believer, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, Jesus approached our unity or our need for unity through prayer. So everything that he addressed in unity, he addressed in prayer.
0: Do you think that he started praying for himself first because it always starts with us? We need to be praying for ourselves to be part of the solution?
1: I believe so, Angie. I think it's a great idea for us because when we're tempted to be disunified— Mm. in order for us to get on the starting point, we have to usually pray for ourselves, ask God to help that's, us. Yes. So that's where I'm going with that. And I'm thinking, not that I believe that Jesus sinned at all, but he's setting the example. And mm-hmm. he said, what? The servant is what? The best example of a leader. So if you want to be a leader, the best way to model that is to be a servant. And so I think he's doing that. He prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples. And now Starting in verse 20, he prays for all believers, and it reads like this, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and they also may be one in us that the world may believe you sent me. Stop there. Angie, the the common thing in both of those verses is that they will believe, okay? Yes, yes. This is for future believers. Like this is saying, you're a model. I'm praying for you, for those that will believe at your word. Ah, okay. See that? Yeah. Why we need to be unified. And verse 22 says, and the glory which you gave me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. And so what he's saying here is he's saying, this is the example again, Father, you love me, I know that, and I want to pray for all believers that they will see the love that we have for one another. And again, Jesus said in John also that you will know them by their love for one another. What does that look like? It looks like unity, mm, right?
0: Yeah. And yeah. we'll be
1: known by that love. We'll be known by that unity. And that will testify to the world for those who will believe, Jesus is saying, it will testify to them of his love.
0: So he's going on to explain that he and the Father are one. They are unified. Right. And that the people need to be unified just as they are unified. And this is the again, back to the example is Jesus and God being unified as one. Yeah. So we now come and be unified kind of as the third party, but in.
1: As one. Interesting. Think, of, think of it this way, Angie. in him. So what happened was the father testified to Jesus or really through Jesus. So we believe that he's of God. So the phrase here is of God. Yes. So we can believe that Jesus came from God because he was what? He acted just like God. He acted just like God that they read about and knew about, their forefathers told them. And so now what he's saying is, I'm praying for the believers that they can be as one as we are. So here's the key phrase, of God. So they can be of God as well. Well, what is of God look like? Of God looks like people that are unified, Mm. people that are in love, people that are walking in love, acting in love. And being in love, really. Right. What do two people in love look like, Angie?
0: They look like they're one person. They do not they? <laughs>
1: they think they finish each other's sentences. Uh
0: verse twenty-three is what stands out to me. Okay. It says, I in them and you and me, but then it says that they may be made perfect in one. And that word is just jumping out at me. Can we talk about that?
1: Yeah, the perfect. Does that mean they'll never do anything wrong, Angie? So that is the misnomer, because everybody jumps on that, right? Uh, and the word perfect there means blameless. Mm. Okay. Blameless. That's but what the word means. You have
0: to be one. Yes. Because <laughs> that's the next part. Perfect
1: in one. That the world may know. And the key for me personally in all of this is that the world may know. Yeah. And what I believe Jesus is praying for the believers to be is that they will believe you Because of me, because I testify of my Father and you will testify of me, my Father and I, you and me. It's kind of like the same reflection. So if you think about the reflection of Christ or the image of Christ, it is the reflection of his love. And so this is what I think that makes us perfect Because perfect love casts out fear, yeah, doesn't it? And perfect love is God. So when it says here that they'll be made perfect, they'll be made blameless. No one can blame you because you're walking in love. Mm. And that's what happens when you're walking in love. You cannot be blamed, right? Because again, when Paul lays out the fruit of the spirit, he says, love, joy, peace, patience. And he says, against such, there is no law. Mm. it's blameless. If you walk in those fruits of the Spirit, you're blameless. There's no law against those. Mm. And I believe that's a similar thing to what he's saying here, that you'll be made perfect in one, being one with Christ.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this. I know, I'm trying to think practically, how can we help our listeners understand how to put this into practical application? Because we might be willing to be one, but how does that look in the body and how does it I mean, it just, how does it look, I guess, is the question I'm trying to ask. So I know that with what you do with Revive Ohio, that you take teams out, and these teams are from every different denomination and every different church, and they go out in fours, and they uh, they talk to people. And I've gone on these teams with you before, and I remember we led a woman to the Lord, and after it was all said and done, she said, what church are you guys from? Right, And we had just met. (laughs) So I said, I don't know, we know we just met. So where are you from? And we all just kind of listed what church we went to. And it was such a shock to her to see the body of Christ come together. And it wasn't about a denomination. It wasn't about a church. It was about just going out and telling somebody about Jesus.
1: Right. It's the number one most frequently asked question, what church are you guys with? A lot of times when you just simply say, hey, how can I pray for you? And they see more than one of you, they ask, oh, what church are you with?
0: And And then their their minds are blown when we're not just from a church, we are the church. The
1: church, right. Exactly right. And so we are one, right? We are made perfect. We're not perfect. We're not sinless, but we're being made in perfection because of our love and what are they seeing our love so that there's no blame to be placed if you will like uh if you're trying to pick out a flaw well these people love each other mm, yeah. you see what i'm saying Yeah. and guess what and it doesn't matter what church they go to so in your example angie what's amazing about that you didn't even know what church the other people <laughs> went to right no, I because didn't. it didn't matter
0: and we and we we're going out not only unified together under the banner of Jesus, but we also are going out in love to the people. Right. It wasn't about us. Right. It was about loving on the people, and, and that's what it's all about, is showing love out there. So let me bring you to present day. Okay. And I know this is a, a really uncertain time for people, and and I said to my pastor the other day, I said, what did going to church Do for anybody. Right. Because now we don't have that option of going to church. So now what? Now what are people going to do? How can we continue to be unified? And how can we continue to find love in our present age?
1: I think that's a beautiful question, Angie. And my guess is that your pastor answered it's the same kind of thing that we're talking about, the same kind of vein. It's the in love thing. Because if we don't go in love, They'll see right through it. And my guess is, Angie, when you shared with the lady in the example you shared, when you shared with her that, boy, I don't even know. I don't even know what churches we go to. That probably didn't offend her. Not at all. Right. You see what I'm saying? Because you were, that was a blameless thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, wow, you must be motivated by love. In other words, you're not just motivated by
0: church. Yeah, we're not trying to get people into church. Exactly. We're trying to get them into heaven.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. And I think that's the difference. And I think she was able to see that. That's why it didn't phase her that she didn't even know.
0: I actually think that it meant more to her because it wasn't about a propaganda of a church. Right. But it was something. Yeah, there's just something about it. And I I guess I want to talk about that, too, is how God flows... Through unity. And we might talk about this more over the next couple of weeks, but can we just touch on that?
1: Yeah, because I think here's the key in this, Angie. And I think it it's this. And the flow is the key word that you talk about. And because God flows through that unity. And we will definitely dive into this, I promise, in future weeks. But here's what I want to share right now for today, in this particular instance. So because it wasn't church focused, it's always the question in the back of people's minds is What's the catch?
0: That's true. Isn't I that what true. everybody's
1: waiting for? Especially if you're out talking to a stranger. Okay, you're telling me these good things. Now, wait a minute. What's, What's the, the catch? catch? Yes. Because is the catch now you're going to invite me to your church? Yeah. Now, you see what I'm saying? Now you're yes. going to invite me to your chili supper or whatever that is? Yeah. No, there's no catch. We don't even know where each other goes to fellowship at. And so it's really not about us and our churches about you, we're here for you. And I think that love is what speaks volumes, and that is unity. It's a picture of unity, although you're not going to call out and spell out unity to the lady, but she sees it. That's why it's blameless, because she sees the love being walked out. And that's why I think the practical side of it is it gets back to something we've talked about before, Angie, and that is what is your motive Right. If your motive is to love on that person, or on the flip side, if your motive's not to love on them, but to get them to go to your church, they'll see right through it. Yeah. Because they're already waiting for what's the catch. Mm, yeah. And when they say, I don't have a catch, sometimes I'll actually call that out. Listen, I don't have an agenda. There's nothing I'm going to actually ask you to do or for other than... For yourself. Meet Jesus, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Okay, we're in this, again, day and age, and it it keeps on coming back to, uh, we are talking about outreaches, and and that's kind of on hold right now, because we have a, a, a separation order, I guess you might say, and now it's hard for us to come together and be unified, but how can we be unified in other ways?
1: That's a great question for the time and age, and the practicality of this is what we're getting at right now. How can we walk in unity, even though we're not necessarily physically in unity, right? Yes. It's unity in the spirit, and that's what it is. And so the same spirit that lives in me is the same spirit that lives in you, and that spirit is evidenced by the fruit that the Holy Spirit leaves in our lives, and hopefully the very first one listed is love. Mm. Hopefully they see the love coming from the evidence of the Spirit in your life and the love of the evidence of the Spirit in my life, and hopefully that is what's uniting us. We We are united in love because we love Him because he first loved us. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's that
1: peace. So it is all in conjuncture, I think. And even though we're physically not together and we're in our safe space, so to speak, I think we can still be walking in love and being in unity. Yeah, And again, it's kind of one of them things. We don't necessarily go around saying the word unity or necessarily fellowship. Those are kind of fancy church words, Mm -hmm. but they mean the same thing, right? We're together. We're working together, walking together in love. And I think personally, that's what the key is in all of this in John 17.
0: And we're just doing things a little differently. Now we have to get a little more creative. Yeah. And it's back to what you said before. What's our motivation right now? My motivation is not to get people to church because there is no church. Exactly. Right. There isn't a place for them to come to at the moment, but my motivation now truly is love Yeah. because they're out there hurting. Right, and so everything that you're saying is very much a word for today, that we need to continue to love, and that when we go out in love, if we all go out in love, that's
1: unity. It unifies us. Yes, I totally agree, Angie.
0: And so, it's a very different take on on maybe what we've talked about before when it comes to unity, uh, but I think I think this is a good word for today. I think and it's so, relevant. Yeah, John chapter 17 verses 20 through 23. You guys can read it again for yourselves or read the whole chapter because goodness gracious.
1: There's a lot here. It's so good.
0: (laughs) We're going to go ahead and move over to testimonies.
1: And with me today on the phone, Pastor Chad Wilson from Sydney, Ohio. Pastor Chad, welcome to the program today.
2: Thank you. It's good to be with you.
1: Yeah. And Pastor Chad, we are talking about unity today. And man, your name popped right up in my mind, right on the forefront. We were talking about unity. I'm just remembering, Pastor Chad, when we got together and we first started talking about this thing of churches actually going together and going out to share the gospel, even from different backgrounds, different beliefs, even different doctrines and so forth. But yet once you do it, it's kind of like really fun. And it's like, I don't know how people are going to take. it first but when you just do it when you walk it out it's like it's a really interesting eye-opening experience
2: absolutely you know uh when when revive came to shelby county and uh and what you're talking about was described um the churches coming together and and um, it sounds like a, a great idea but it really did just feel like an idea you know i mean how can this actually work i mean We've been together in different, uh, different formats and, and different ministry experiences. And um, from one denomination to the other, it seems like there's just always hurdles. And, and, uh, and yet this has been so, so different. You know, when the pastors came together and began to pray for the community, praying that God would, would send revival to, to our county, and uh, revive us, you know, revive us as as ministers um, before he can revive uh, our churches, and that that would just spill over into, into our county. Um, it, it seemed that everybody moved beyond their ministry and beyond their denomination, and it seemed that everybody moved beyond the differences of of doctrine to recognize that that Jesus is what our community needs more than than anything, and um, and we just saw over the, the course of a short time the walls that had been erected for years just began to to crumble, and um, and, I, and I I'll tell you I mean some of my closest friendships at this point are with with other pastors within our community of different denominations. And um, and so this has been what, I mean, over three, some close to three years, something of that nature that since Revive started in Shelby County. And even through the the crisis uh, uh, with the coronavirus and all of that that's going on, the last week and, and this week, one of the things that's been great is uh, the communication that's happening between pastors praying for each other's churches praying for for God to protect uh, and our, our congregations sharing ideas of of how to move forward and a genuine want genuinely wanting each other to succeed and um, and so they've been really one of one of the greatest sources of encouragement for me um, not only in, in the Last couple of weeks with what's going on, but just long term. I mean, um, there's there's several of the the pastors here in town that that we get together and and just have lunch here and there and build friendships. There's one that uh, that we go and, and uh, find a reason to to ride our motorcycles for a half an hour together on a on a sunny afternoon and stop and get some lunch and and pray for one another and each other's ministries, um, and so it's happening among the, the clergy but the chain reaction then is that it, it happens among the, the laity that, that is a part of of that revival that's taken place in Shelby County. And so it's nothing to to go to a local football game and and people from other churches um we're having fellowship with one another and just encouraging one another and um and so the, the body of Christ just really uh, broadened in a big way when the all of those walls came down,
0: I love that whole picture of how you said that the the revival started with the pastors first. That is such a key. I mean, my goodness, yes, it's going to flow from the top down, right? right. and uh, and and I have seen this actually in other counties where the pastors have come together in unity and now there's this this great friendship and camaraderie that's going on among the pastors. I think that is a great testimony to what this can happen. So, let me ask you this, outside of doing revive, how have you practiced unity with other churches that aren't revive centered?
2: There's this praying for the success of of the church in Shelby County. And so uh, sometimes we're able to bridge a, a gap where a, a church isn't necessarily involved monthly in outreach, but they uh, were able to get them to host one one month. And so for that month, they're a part of, of that. And we just celebrate that, even if uh, we know that, that maybe we won't see them um, in months uh, months ahead. But the really beautiful thing in, in all of it is um, the people that see what what's happening and that 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 churches and that pastors can get beyond a a competition mindset to to actually pray lord help that church reach people that we won't and um and that's a, that's a genuine prayer that i i really believe that we have in Shelby County that really wasn't necessarily prevalent before
1: Yeah, Pastor Chad, I'm encouraged listening to you talk about that piece, and of course when we look at John 17, it's all about Jesus praying. I know that I've experienced this as well, and I would love to hear you kind of talk a little bit about the practical side of that, because you're mentioning how you guys are praying for one another. You're actually praying for one another's congregations. You're actually meeting people out in public that go to different churches, but you're praying for one another because we have the same goal, right, of lifting up Jesus. But, you know, you've read John 17 probably a thousand times too, Pastor Chad, but how does that Mm -hmm. practically get walked out in your opinion?
2: Well, I, I think that when we recognize that we, we are about the same mission, that triggers that need and that want, that desire to see another minister and their congregation succeed. And so that's a genuine heart that, of course, we pray our heart. And, and so I, I, I think that what that says is that the Lord has changed the heart of many of us pastors. And and so we pray as Jesus would pray, and we pray for the success of his church, the body of Christ, whether it benefits us personally or our local church personally or not. And, uh, and so, you know, that, that avenue of prayer uh, has looked different at different times. I mean, of course, we've had prayer meetings um, that that churches will gather and, and pray and, and some last for a little while. And, and, uh, and, but the, the real, the prayer that has gone on um, has been largely in what I would call a passive Avenue texting one another. There's a whole lineup of pastors that are what some involved in revive and some that that haven't been that it's not unusual that on a saturday evening or a sunday morning early when we know that, that other pastors are up and praying or studying their their message for the day that one of the pastors gets the prompt to either call specific pastors or even to go through their their phone book and and uh, in their phone to uh, to call and send a prayer to the other pastors. That's, that's very much not uncommon to be, to be studying and the phone buzz there. And, and it's one of the other pastors saying, Hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you and for your church. And, and that's something that I try to reciprocate, uh, you know, from time to time every four or six weeks or or so Um, as I'm studying and kind of wrapping up my Sunday morning routine, or even Saturday, Saturday evening as, uh, our family kind of settles down and and uh and, and things quiet it's not unusual to pick up the phone and just text a prayer a blessing upon those other churches and that i I've, I've heard several of the the other pastors that echoed that that is so meaningful for us to pray those blessings upon each other in that simple way of sending encouragements and prayers through through a text and you know, a text doesn't seem like a whole lot, and and yet we've seen that uh, really, I believe, rattle the the gates of hell. Oh, that yeah. uh, that we have pastors that uh, not only are zeroed into the message of Jesus Christ, but they've got their minds expanded from my little church and denominational building to seeing that uh, we pray blessings upon all the churches across our county, uh, that, that God-sized things are going to take place as far as it de- depends upon us.
1: That's beautiful. And Pastor Chad, of course, as we read through John 17 together, we know it's all about prayer and Jesus praying for people. And the whole thing is is for him praying for us ultimately that they the world will see that we are unified in this love and we are unified with him and one of the cool things for me is to to sit here and just listen to you reiterate this as well the great thing for me is this unity just that keeps the revival fires going in your hearts and of course you mentioned also as well this isn't just the pastors that are continually connecting and continuing, walking us out in love but uh, other people in the community as well and you guys are continuing as you mentioned here two and a half years later plus and you're still going and and you're still connecting and the fire of of love for one another and that unity is still keeping it alive but unfortunately we're out of time again it goes fast Pastor Chad but we are so grateful that you came shared your wisdom shared your heart with us and again uh, for the listeners out there that would be encouraged because we are saying how important unity is to the body of Christ and how important it is to Jesus because it's an answer to his own prayer. You've been listening to Time to Revive.
0: Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com.
2: We're community-supported Shine FM.